What do CMS, Zagat, and Angie's List have in common? That's right, they're all actively developing physician ranking systems. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Sam Nussbaum, Executive Vice President and Clinical Health Policy and Chief Medical Officer for WellPoint Incorporated. Dr. Nussbaum, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. It's a pleasure to be with you. What has happened in the physician ranking business? It seems to be a very popular field. Larry, so many of us as physicians have devoted our careers to professionalism, to learning, to absolutely giving the very best care that we can to our patients. And by and large, we all believe that we are giving exceptional care. Yet sometimes the data doesn't support that. If we look at the work of Rand Corporation, of Beth McGlynn and her colleagues, most of us get required evidence-based, high-quality care just a little bit more than, than half the time. So there are so many opportunities that we have to improve the care that we give to our patients, to improve the quality of that care, to improve the evidence basis and reduce the the gaps in care, whether it's providing better preventive services or care in accord with the best scientific knowledge. At the same time that we work to achieve that, as your question rightly drives, there is an increasing focus on what is the care experience? What is it like when you visit the physician in his or her office? What is the level of trust that you have in that doctor, their communication skills? What's his or her availability and what's the office environment like? And that's the subjective set of issues impacting care. And I think most of us increasingly, particularly a generation of patients who are very engaged in shared decision-making with their doctors, who want to be very much a part of their clinical solutions for health improvement, it is those patients that are demanding more and more a approach to what the care experience is like. And that's really what we have to do is advance both fields, the fields of performance and quality measurement, as well as improving the care experience. Sam, let's assume for a moment that I am a brilliant diagnostician but I work in a quite dingy office because it's owned by the local hospital that employs me, and I get dinged on a survey because my office is a dump, and my staff is, you know, are employees of a hospital, and I'm being punished because of things I can't control. The good news also is that hospitals have recognized the office practice environment, and in my past life at a a very big health system in St. Louis, we absolutely wanted that office practice environment to be one that was a good place for care, that was one where the staff was very attentive to patients' needs. Having said that, I think you're right. There are times when some people would look at the, let's say, the physical environment and mistake that for the caring, the environment of compassion. Yet when we look at the Zagatz survey, uh, one that we have developed at WellPoint with Zagatz, There are four areas that you get rated, and I think the physician would score high on trust, on communication, on availability, and perhaps score a little bit less high on the environment, but there still can be ways. Is it weighted? Are the different components weighted? There's a maximum of 30 points that one can achieve in each of the four areas, and then you get probably a more important percent, the percent recommending the physician, and so that's an overall rating, but they're not weighted per se, except that I think the trust, communication, and office responsiveness 
together represent 75% of the score versus the very specific issues of office environment. And then, of course, when we talk about office environment, it goes beyond the carpeting, the magazines. But, you know, we would probably all be well served to do things a little bit differently. For example, you know, rather than magazines to have computers where people could do some learning while they're perhaps waiting to be seen, hopefully even better than that, not have long waits at all, but use the that office visit as a very exciting learning environment. I've always learned in business that historically you get what you pay for. And the doctors that are providing exceptional service, many of them in my area have gone concierge because they feel they are providing excellent care and they want to be paid for it. Whereas you're asking every doctor now to provide exceptional service when he may or may not be able to do it financially And we're only getting $45 for a 15-minute visit. It's very hard to give incredible service and keep high-quality employees employed. And we all have to do a far better job in recognizing and rewarding the very difficult work of being on the front lines of care. And that's why companies like WellPoint, uh, CMS, other our peer companies, actually are developing different reimbursement models so that if there is better clinical quality, doctors get paid more. For example, in California, our Anthem uh, Blue Cross of California plan pays primary care physicians up to 12-14% more for getting better preventive care, better care for individuals with diabetes or asthma, uh, more effective drug therapies. In addition, as we look at newer models for care, one that is very exciting to me and to others of us is what's termed the advanced primary care patient-centered medical home where we're exploring this model where we pay physicians not only fee-for-service, but we pay performance bonuses on top of that, and we pay a management fee for the very important responsibility of coordinating care. So we have to find ways, I agree, that better reward care than just the traditional fee-for-service episode-based model of care. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Sam Nussbaum, who is the Chief Medical Officer for WellPoint Incorporated, and we're talking about physician ranking systems. Sam, have you seen any evolution of the ranking systems in the last six months? This is really an emerging field, and specifically, we piloted our program in California in Connecticut and Ohio to learn from the experience, learn what comments would be, whether they would be appropriate, whether they'd guide physicians. By the end of this year, our program with Zagatz is to have physicians basically view the comments and further guide us on the development of this model. What's fascinating and probably the best information we can get to be responsive to your very thoughtful question is a survey that the California Healthcare Foundation did, and they looked at 2004 and 2007. And what's interesting is if you actually survey consumers, the number of consumers that saw ratings about their physician went from 14 to 22% who looked at considering making a change based on the ratings, went from 2% to 5%, and actually made a change, went from 1% to 2%. Now, those are very, very small numbers. And we do know that this physician rating is in its infancy. But from this this work, you can see that while a very small number of patients are involved in both rating and reading the ratings, that number is moving up. And as the tools get better, as there's more confidence, as they become 
better informed in terms of how we present this data, I think more will use it. If you think about this, Larry, today, healthcare is one of the most, if not the most, widely used suite of services and information that is used on the Internet. And so much of that is a result of the exceptional content that's being provided by professional organizations such as American Cancer Society, American Diabetes Association, as well as uh, private companies like WebMD. Sam, will physicians have any sort of recourse or a platform to respond if some of the patient ratings are incorrect or unfair? I mean, you know, if I get a, a visa bill that's wrong, I can contest it. So what systems are in place for the doctor? The good news is that our early experience indicates that 88% of the reviews recommend the physician. So it appears that the viewpoint, the philosophy going in by patients is to be very constructive and positive about their physicians because physicians are generally, and I think this is good, you know, are highly respected by their patients. But there are safeguards. I'll give an example of a safeguard. Working with New York's Attorney General Cuomo, we, the health plans, the AMA, and others and business community have come up with a series of principles on how physicians should be profiled on clinical quality. Now, clinical quality, as we said earlier, is different than the perception of what the office experience was. So it's more objective than subjective. But there is uh, performance measurement. We have agreed to use measures developed by the National Quality Forum that have been generally supported and approved by professional organizations, be they cardiologists or endocrinologists. And I believe that is one of the key safeguards that exists both for physicians and for patients. Will a physician be able to go on and check his own ratings? And the follow-up question is, do his ratings, or say we call them benchmarks, do they change hourly, daily, weekly, if, if the doctor's busy and sees an enormous load of patients who actually go on the website and, and put data in? One important safeguard is that we're not providing any of this information publicly until we have at least 10 comments. So as more and more people begin to use this information, the specific four domains of evaluation will become uh, cumulative and will have greater and greater statistical validity. What we're going to do, though, is also are going to display comments, and those comments will be displayed in order of the most recent first. So I, th I think it will be very similar to the web tools that all of us are used to looking at, whether it's uh, restaurants or hotels or what other experience have been with, with companies. I think, though, that this is a unique survey tool, and we're all going to learn from these ratings that are unique to the physician experience, and we're going to build on this. That's why we personally chose to work with the GATS rather than creating our own survey instrument, because the GATS has been respected as an industry leader, and we believe that will also afford some sense of confidence, because everyone wants this to be a valuable asset in how someone who may be new to a community could select a doctor, could select a pediatrician or internist for themselves, or could select a specialist. So we really believe this is a, a pilot program. We continue to solicit and actively engage physicians and get their feedback and suggestions for improvement. In fact, one of the interesting themes for me has been when I've shared this with physicians, while some have been concerned about the adequacy of the information, the statistical validity, we've had many physicians who've embraced this and said that this will allow their skills, their compassion, 
their dedication and devotion to patients to be highlighted in a way that they couldn't otherwise do. Well, on that note, I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Sam Nussbaum of WellPoint, Inc., for talking a little bit about the new ranking systems and making me and hopefully many of the physicians listening a little more comfortable with it. Sam, thanks for coming on the show. I've enjoyed our discussion. I hope that if we find opportunities for improvement that your listeners and physicians feel comfortable emailing me, calling us. We want to be better at this and really support physicians in their very important work in caring for patients. Sam, thanks again. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157. To comment or listen to our full library of on-demand podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. If you register with the promo code RADIO, you'll receive six months free of streaming ReachMD for home or work. You can also reach us by phone now with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM-157. Thanks for listening.